listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, good morning. Hey, Mark, how you doing, buddy? We love you, Coffee Mark. You're awesome. I love your heart for Jesus. Um, well, it is my very distinct privilege to, um, to we, ha- we have a, a, a preacher, a young, fiery, I don't know, I'm just making stuff up now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Sherry uh, Peck is going to come speak to us this morning, and uh, Sherry is uh, our intern here at the church from CBU. She's in the Bachelor of Applied Theology program over at CBU. And I met Sherry about a year and a half ago, and she just has a heart for Jesus. She has a heart for discipleship and evangelism. She has some really good stuff to share with you this morning. And uh, so would you welcome our own Sherry Peck. Oh, well, there it is. Okay. Good morning, everyone. How are you? How are you doing? How are we doing this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm excited for um, New Year's, really. And let me get up, set up here, but I'm, I'm really stoked for this new year. And I don't know how many of you are stoked about, I don't know, a new start. Anyone stoked about a new start? Whatever it is. It could be working out. It could be relationships. It could be job. It could be anything, but I'm excited for a new start for sure. Wow. All right. I'm sorry. I'm getting set up. (laughs) I'm also overwhelmed um, and overcome just by that song. It just has everything to do with what I'm going to talk about this morning. Um, So before we dive in, um, as you can see, uh, we're going to talk about the upside-down kind of love. It's a new way of living, um, the way that Jesus teaches, the way that the, the Word teaches us. And this morning, we're going to talk about this kind of love um, that the Father has for us. Um, it's a very broad topic, but I'm hoping that this morning you'll be able to grasp some of that. Um, so uh, let's pray, guys. How about that? Jesus, sweet Jesus, thank you so much for this morning and for giving us a place to come and worship you. I thank you for your presence that's here with us. Um, God, I just pray that our hearts would be open to receive your word. I pray that this morning, even as we hear and listen to what you have to say, that we would be transformed and be able to understand what love really looks like. Jesus, I pray for every person in here that be eyes open, ears to hear, God. I pray that all the, the walls and the barriers um, would come down right now in Jesus' name and in every one of our hearts, and that we are able to, to hear your heartbeat this morning your heartbeat for your children. Um, Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I pray that you get all the glory. 
In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, we're going deep. I'm going to share a little bit about myself um, this morning. <clears throat> um, there, once was, there once was a time when I didn't know what the love of God was. Um, I grew up in a small town in smack dab middle of North Carolina, so I'm actually not from California, um, from the East Coast. Um, I have two younger brothers and parents who actually growing up weren't really good parents. Um, and both my parents had a very unhealthy relationship um, in their marriage for as long as I can remember. Um, for example, uh, my, <laughs> my pops would come home drunk and smack us around because that's what he did when he came home from work and because my mom wasn't submitting to him. Um, and taking care of my brothers was... Uh, was part of my responsibility, and counseling a battered and emotionally unstable mother was my main responsibility. And I grew up going to church because that's what everyone did in the South. Whether you're a Christian or not, going to church is actually what makes you a Christian um, in certain parts of North Carolina. Um, <laughs> um, the God that was preached from the pulpit couldn't stand my sin and could not tolerate any moral being because they didn't meet his standards. And so my view of God was tainted by an emotionally abusive father um, who didn't know how to take care of his kids or himself for that matter. And um, yeah, I just, I would say I was agnostic. Uh, I knew there was a God out there and that he was there, right? He's, he's somewhere there. I don't, I don't see him. So you know, um, where is he? I don't know what love, what kind of God of love this is because I don't see it. And so that was my entire childhood growing up and just rejecting all of that but playing the part because that's what I knew how to do. Um, then one night during my senior year, this is where it gets really good. Every time I share this, I'm like, I start to like get really overwhelmed because I met Jesus, okay, <laughs> alone in my room, I was weeping and, and about something, and the Lord, like his presence showed up, and I didn't see anything, but I knew he was there. Um, I encountered the spirit of God and felt the most love that I have ever felt in my entire life, and in that moment, like the light bulb went off in my head, like, oh, I get it, like, wait, the gospel is real, like, this is real, you're real, you're here, oh my goodness, and it was just, it just hit me. Um, but in the, in the most subtle way, and I just found myself flat on the floor, my face to the ground, and trembling in holy fear. Um, and um, I knew I encountered the living God. I knew there was no, no hiding, um, and he wanted my heart. Um, that's all he wanted. He wanted my heart, and he told me that he loved me, and I knew that was him. Sorry, I get emotional when I share this story. <laughs> um, yeah, the truth that God died for me because he loves me became my new reality. Once you meet Jesus, you've met love, and you're never the same. You're never the same person. <laughs> if you've met love, if you've met Jesus, you're never the same person. And it, it doesn't make sense, though, how a God that created me and a God who put me on this planet would love me so unconditionally because I mess up all the time. I, I do, everyone does, whether we, we lie, cheat, whatever it is, like, we always mess up, and in my head, I was like, how in the world does a God love me, love someone like me, um, and that's kind of where I was at, and that one night where I just was undone, I was undone, um, <clears throat> when you've been changed by love, your way of living changes, 
and it will continue to change. Being accepted through the love of God places us as children in the kingdom. So our first point as we dive into the book of Colossians, um, our first point, if you're taking notes, is living out the kingdom of God is an upside down way of living compared to how our world operates. And we're going to look at this through the lens of what love is. And just as every child looks up to their father and wants to be just like him, right? That song is like, I just want to be who you are, and I want to be just like you. And um, when we say we're Christians, we're, we're calling each other little Christs. Like, we're just mini, mini, Christ, mini Christs, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, living like Christ um, is definitely an upside-down way of living in the world. I think we know that. And if you're a follower of Jesus, it just doesn't make sense to anyone else. Um, it's different, and, oh, you follow a lot of rules, and I think that's, that's what Christianity is. But it's completely opposite, and all of Jesus' teachings are just wild compared to, to what we know the world is um, as it is. <clears throat> So we're going to look at our next point. Living in the kingdom looks like putting on God's love and walking out in a manner worthy of our king. Um, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Colossians 3 today. And I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of point out some, some, some points that um, Paul makes in this. And he says um, to the Colossian church, um, he writes that their faith would be encouraged and being knit together in love, and to reach the full assurance of understanding the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Um, and the knowledge of this mystery, as Paul says um, in, in chapter 2, is the, the mystery is Christ in you, and, and this mystery has been revealed. This is the gospel. Um, and, and it's not impossible to put on love and to become love, is what Paul starts to starts to un, unveil here in this text. Um, it is walking in a manner, manner worthy of our king. Uh, what that means is we're putting on love. Okay? And uh, this, uh, this is important in the Colossian church, uh, but it applies to us today. Um, and putting on love is uh, yeah, walking in a manner worthy of our Lord. And... Um, this love that Paul describes and that we're going to read this morning is the, a radical love. It is radical. Um, and throughout the message, I'm probably going to just ask you some questions, but do you, do you know this love well? Um, do we know it well in order that we might become the love of God? Do we know this love well? Um, there's a difference between the love of God and the love as we define it in this world, right? Um, I'm reading this book by R.C. Sproul, and it's called Love by God, and he gives examples of worldly love. Of Worldly love is like a feeling, right? We fall into love, or, oh, maybe if I feel love for that person, I'll do something nice for them. Um, and uh, the way the world defines it is, is very different from our biblical text. Um, the Colossian church, as we look through... Verse 1, it says, verse 1 in, um, or sorry, chapter 1 in verse 8, uh, Paul says that they loved in spirit. They loved in the spirit of God, which is different than <laughs> loving the way the world loves. Um, lover, loving others in the power of the spirit is, is not an earthly love. And sometimes in our own human nature, we can love out of our own selfishness. Um, 
And Paul calls it the flesh, right? If you've read his letters, he, he calls this battle with the spirit and the flesh. Um, and in 1 Corinthians 13, right, we read that love is not self-seeking. Um, it does not boast. Um, so ask, ask yourselves, do I love in the spirit or in the flesh? Um, Throughout the book of Colossians, Paul continually reminds the church that their flesh has been put to death, and now their life is hidden in Christ. So as we read right now, actually, um, in verse, chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, I'm going to read that. Um, Paul says, If you have then been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Right? So we know that that our earthly our earthly beings, we have been we put those things to death, the things of the of the world. And Paul is saying, You have been raised with Christ. Um, you are now alive and hidden with Christ. You understand, right? We have that Spirit of God that helps us understand the truth. Um <clears throat> and Paul, as we read on, um, Paul gives examples of earthly desires of the flesh, that worldly love, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, um, the pride and selfishness. And our hearts naturally have the tendency to love with other intentions, right? That flesh of in us. They're like, okay, like I'm going to love, like hoping that I gain something in return. Hopefully, maybe they'll be able to give me love back, right, with friendship, like that give and, give and take relationship, okay, hopefully, like, they'll be able to, like, love me well, like, if I love them, and I don't know if I want to be their friend yet, because I have to love them, and what if they don't love me back, right, so we have this, like, almost like this self-protective, like, selfishness in us that we don't subconsciously even know about, um, and Paul is saying, um, that, that has been put, put away, put that away, right, so, um, he even says in verse 5, put to death therefore what is earthly in you. And he gives a bunch of examples. He says sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked um, when you were living in them. So Paul is saying you once walked in these. Okay, you were ruled by, by darkness, and, and thank the Lord that we have the freedom, like this morning, the scripture of we have the victory, we have overcome because of Christ. So he says, you once walked in those, you once walked in this love that is self-seeking, right, this, um, this lifestyle, and, and now, now he says, put them all away, put all of the anger away. He says, um, in verse 8, do not lie or put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And now you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. <clears throat> being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our creator. That is the continual process of becoming love. We haven't reached the glorified bodies yet, right? As we just read, like that will come. But right now, it's the, the already, we have been renewed by Christ and we're redeemed. And that is past tense. That is our position and it never changes. But there's a continual renewing to become in, like the image of our creator. 
And that's, that's a really deep process, but that's where we're called to live, to become loved, to become who Christ is, right? Okay, so um, the next point I'm going to make is becoming love looks like putting on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Kind of already addressed that. <laughs> um, so we're going to read on in our text in um, verse 12. It says, put on then... As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule and reign in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and spiritual songs, hymns, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So in verse 12, Paul already says, put on these things, chosen ones, holy, beloved. So he's addressing the Colossians, the believers in the Colossian church, which the Colossian church was a small church, <laughs> really small in this, this crazy big city that kind of came to ruins as Paul was writing in prison. And he says, you are chosen and, and holy and blameless, right? That is our position now. And he says, this is the already who you are, but put on these things. So it's a continual like, okay, like I gotta put on patience, but my kids, they're driving me insane, right? Or I have to be kind to my wife or husband right now. Okay, oh gosh, you know, you know, and we have to continually remind ourselves, how do we love? How do we love each other well? And in those moments, how do we put on compassion? How do we, walking around in the streets, I don't know, like Jesus, if Jesus was here, he'd, compassion is written all over his face. And he, I mean, even when he was, he came to earth, he was walking around and he had compassion on the poor. He had compassion on, on the soldier who, who persecuted him. <laughs> That's love. Um, and so Paul is, is urging the believers. And, and as I urge you to put on these things, um, Forgiving one another, that's, that's a hard one, okay? Forgiving my dad from years ago who, who used to hit me and my brothers. That's a process, but I, I have to forgive. There's no, and there's no other way of living, right? It's, but it's so upside down to the way the world. The world is like, no, 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 no. He hurt you, stay away from him, don't love him. Like, no, he doesn't deserve love. Jesus looked at us and he said, they don't deserve love, but I'm gonna die for them anyway. Okay, <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, and this, this, is a, this passage really kind of reflects the 1 Corinthians 13 passage, right? That passage that um, we always read at weddings, right? We always hear at weddings, put, you know, the greatest of these is love. Um, and, and it's good, that's because it's good. <laughs> and um, through this command of putting on love, the scripture gives us a clear picture of what God's love looks like. So the love of the Father, right, is not an earthly love. It is not a feeling. It is not just being nice. It's not being nice to people just because 
we have to tolerate them. It's not merely tolerating people who we don't agree with or people who have wronged us. The love of the Father is forgiving those who have wronged us, approaching those with different opinions um, with gentleness and with kindness. God's love is, is more powerful than we think or can even imagine, and that's why Paul prays that you would be strengthened in the spirit <laughs> to, to comprehend the, the breadth, the width, the height, the depth, and just that. That's just a lot, you know, there. And he's, he's praying for the church, the believers, to understand and be strengthened by the spirit of this kind of love. Um, it's a different kind of love. It's pure. It's holy. It's, it's, not, it's not earthly, right, as we've been talking about. The power of God, his love, liberates us from the bondage of sin and adopts us into the kingdom, which is our heavenly home and our home now, as we know it, the family of God. We cannot comprehend fully this love, but yet we have this love dwelling in us. I think that's kind of ironic, honestly, to think that we have the spirit of God in us who is love, but we don't, our minds, we don't know how to love, or we don't always love, right? It's the already not yet. We're not yet perfected to love just as Jesus loved perfectly. And that's what I think the beauty about being broken and, and messing up really draws us back to the love of the Father. <clears throat> the love of the Father is radical, and it's upside down, right, compared to earthly love. And in conclusion, the upside-down way of living is becoming more like Christ. We will not know the love of the Father unless we received his gift of eternal life. And this gift of eternal life is knowing the Father, as John 17, 3 says. We can only know the Father through his son, Jesus. Right? We can only know him. He's the way and the truth and the life. No one can come through the Father except through him. Yeah. So in this, I want to challenge you to share it. I want to challenge you to put on love, to share this love with people that you know. Share this love in the way you smile at strangers, in the way you treat your coworkers. Demonstrate the power of love of God through using your spiritual gifts for upleading and encouragement. Love radically through the way you talk and use your words. Are your words full of kindness and gentleness? Love radically in the way that you use your time, energy, and money to those who desperately need Jesus. Love radically by speaking truth to your friend who needs that word of encouragement or just affirmed in their talents and their gifts. Do you live love? And do you live the, God, the love of God radically? There may be people in your life that are hard to love. Those people who have hurt you, those people who have harmed you. Maybe it's your boss who treats you unfairly. Maybe it's your own family. Um, Jesus demonstrated this love for us. It's possible. It's possible to do this in the spirit of the Lord. That's where the power comes from, of this power to love radically, right? I want you to be encouraged and remind yourself that this new way of living, stepping into this in the new year, 
And I'm going to read a short story um, by actually, I don't know if you've heard of her, but her name's Heidi Baker, and she's pretty radical and charismatic, but extremely smart. She has a PhD in systematic theology, and she has this crazy ministry in Africa um, that trains other believers and loves orphans there. Um, and this story blew me away of, okay, this, this woman is really loving radically. This is insane. <laughs> you know, I read, I, I read this book over break and I was like, this is, this is insane. I, you know, and, but that's, this is the love, love of God. And so I'm going to read it, um, as we, um, go into worship. Um, so here she's writing and she's in Mozambique. She says, when I met Jane on the streets, she was in her late twenties. Her hair was very short and she was wearing men's dress shoes and a man's dark suit that was several sizes too big. It took me a while to realize she was a woman. She had a stern, agitated appearance and was full of rage. She could not stand still even for a minute. And I also made another friend, and I call him Peter. Almost every single day for several years, I would go talk to Peter and bring him food. He would yell and tell me to go away and curse at me. He did this for two and a half years. With each curse, I thought how much this man needed love, kindness, and mercy. I kept bringing Peter potatoes and sandwiches, and I refused to stop. Jesus is tenacious. He never stops loving, and he never stops giving. I just kept saying, I love you, Peter, and Jesus loves you too. Sometimes Peter would take the food, and other times he would spit it out on the ground and throw it at me. But God's heart is relentless, and his radical love transforms the hardest of hearts. One night, Jane was so angry, she tried to beat me to death. She told me that she would slit my throat with a broken bottle that she was holding and throw me into the, into the river to die. And when she tried to strangle me, all I could feel was the pain and suffering in her heart. I felt God's heart for her. I tried to tell her, God is in love with you. You are precious. You are called to know his love. This made her angrier. <laughs> then Peter, who had been watching me get beaten the whole time, said he was calling the police. I told him the Lord did not want me to call them. Jane had already been thrown in jail many times, and I didn't want her to suffer anymore. I wanted her to know the love of Jesus. Peter just screamed and cursed at me again. And Jane had broken the bottle, and she was going to rip open my face. I kept telling her again how beautiful she was and that I loved her. When I could not feel anything else, I remember praying, God, whatever you do, I just want your love to be known here. I felt so tired, and I could not take any more pain, and I told Jane... If you're going to kill me, you can just kill me, but I have to sit down. Just as I prayed, Peter came and rescued me, and he grabbed me away from Jane and started sobbing. And then he said, for two years, you told me Jesus loved me. Now I have seen his love, and I want him. I want him now. You kept telling me about love, but today I have seen love. That night, Peter fell to his knees and received Jesus as his Lord. We just held each other, even in his alcoholic state. I just held him and thanked him for saving my life. We lay our lives down for love, and we give our lives away. We cannot just love with our words. Love is in truth and in our actions. The following week, Jane came to my house with a dozen roses for me, and she told me that she was sorry for trying to kill me. That day, she asked Jesus to live in her heart, too. We must live like sons and daughters in the kingdom. 
meaning we must become love and extend love to everyone else. So as we move forward from this, I challenge you to know more about the love of God this year. I challenge you to put on this love day in and day out to know that the love of the Father is eternal life. And it's the most beautiful thing I have ever tasted and seen. Um, So as we close, I just want to tell each and one of you that Jesus really loves you. And I can say that over and over again, but unless you receive it and know it, it won't transform, it won't make a difference. But God is still working. His spirit is still alive. He's here, even though we can't see him. One day, and I can't wait to see his face, but one day we will. One day we'll see his face and we'll see true love. We'll see our lover, our perfect love, right? So let's bow our heads. I'm just going to pray over you guys. Jesus, thank you so much for this time. God, I thank you that you've given us a way to love each other well. You've given us this demonstration of love. I pray as we go throughout our day and our week that we would start to become love by taking action. And God, I just pray for those in this room right now who don't feel loved at all and don't feel worthy. I feel like Jesus wants to look at you and tell you, you are worthy of love because I died for you. The cost was great. The cost was great. The cost was great. But you are worthy of love because I came. So I feel like if you have, um, if you have been there and that word was spoken to you, um, yeah, just let that sink in. You are worthy of love. Um, Jesus, I thank you for setting us free and making us your children. And I pray that this word would remain richly and would dwell in our hearts. And we can look back on Colossians and look back at your word. And would you reveal more of your love um, for us as individuals? And God, would that motivate us to go out and love others? Um, So I pray all of this in Jesus' name. podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.